0: This is To The Point, a podcast from Point Predictive. I do want to bring up um, Dr. David Maimon to talk about identity theft and the underground fraud ecosystem. Um, David. Good morning, everyone. Hopefully hopefully everybody's doing okay. Uh, Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and talk about the work we do. Uh, Let me just uh, start by saying that... um, I'll be talking about uh, the identity theft uh, ecosystem, uh, the online fraud ecosystem. And uh, you know, the first few slides, I'll talk uh, a little bit about uh, how I know what I know, because you know in these kind of conferences and roundtables, you get all kind of people uh, saying that they're experts in, in all kind of things. And as an academic, to me, it's very suspicious. So you know, I like to set the ground, uh, just telling you how I know what I know. And then I'll show you some really cool stuff um, that we collect with my groups, uh, both in um, Georgia State University and GeoComply from the ecosystem, try to understand um, the uh, identity theft supply chain that uh, we have out there. So. As an academic um, and, and a scholar, what I'm trying to do, my main goal in life is, is really to understand what works and what doesn't in the context of uh, crime prevention, online crime prevention. We do a lot of work in the context of cybersecurity, but even more work in the context of online fraud. Uh, the gist of it is really try to understand how many of the products, how many of the policies that we all use in the context of our organization really work and achieve their goals. Um, We like to test the effectiveness of those policies and tools in the field um, with the actual actors who make this online fraud uh, ecosystem. So four major actors, offenders, guardians, CISOs, and all those companies who uh, um, are responsible for helping us protect the, the, uh, the, our organization from fraud or, or cybersecurity uh, incidents, targets and victims of course, and then enablers. Uh, enablers are those individuals who support the fraudsters, support the offenders in their operations. The enablers are folks who at the end of the day write the malicious software, put together the platform which allow the offenders to uh, post um, you know, whatever kind of commodity they would like to sell or purchase um, promote the offender's operation. These are, these are the enablers. And so the groups I, I direct um, are heavily embedded in the field, uh, both in the dark net and the clear net, collecting information in a systematic manner on a daily basis, uh, and simply try to uh, answer this question I presented in, in uh, the previous slide. Um, there's a lot going on uh, on the junctions we, you're seeing right now on the slides. Uh, in terms of projects, but I think the most relevant junction uh, for our conversation today is uh, the top junction. Uh, that is uh, the junction that uh, the offenders and enablers form um, on online environments. Uh, the junctions in which folks are uh, offering for sale all kinds of illegal commodities um, and um, uh, you know, offer it to uh, different types of actors. Uh, in the ecosystem. So, you know, we spent a lot of time in this junction. In the past, uh, it was uh, the dark net. Nowadays, is more on encrypted communication platforms. And you can think of us as folks who simply collect all the information, uh, sort it, and analyze it in a systematic manner. We do that with the hope to really understand um, what works and what doesn't, as well as ways we could potentially disrupt the ecosystem I just showed you. Uh, because there's a lot of fraud in our society and uh, we want to make sure that we at least mitigate or prevent some of it So in the past we spent a lot of time on the darknet. Uh, we still have uh, a, a fairly large operation there as well uh, The darknet for those who are not familiar with is essentially um, You know similar internet to the one we're familiar with all ha- all you need to have uh, In order to access the darknet is a different browser, Tor browser um, once you download it to your computers freely uh, and you have the correct URLs uh, which look different than the URLs that you're familiar with, you can go and browse any type of website. Uh, On the clearnet, many of the websites uh, that are hosted on the darknet are uh, very similar to uh, Amazon and eBay uh, with the only difference that uh, they sell illicit commodities. Uh, they support the sales and purchases of illicit commodities. This is um, one example of one of the markets we used to monitor in the past, uh, Empire Market. As you guys can see uh, from the layout, very similar to any online retailer that you're familiar with. Uh, the guy in the, uh, the vendor in, in this uh, uh, market offer for sale, um, uh, stolen credit card CVVs. Um, you know, you see the price there. And then you see a slew of reviews, uh, which at the end of the day uh, tell the customers um, uh, and, and tell potential customer of the vendor how the vendor essentially did, uh, how the product was, how fast was the delivery. Um, you know, so, some really important information that will guide consumers' decision making with respect to whether they want to place a purchase with this vendor or not. Uh, so what we're doing, and what we were doing uh, more intensively in the past, uh, we've been doing this for the last five years or so, uh, is downloading this information, downloading the ads, downloading the, 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 the reviews, and simply try running analysis that uh, will tell us something about the ecosystem. With the dark net information we collected, there was a limit to what we could have done. So this is just one slide uh, describing the number of driver licenses and social security numbers we were able to find on the ads that I just showed you in a short period of time. Uh, as you guys can see, there's some fluctuation, but there was really a limit uh, to what you can do uh, with respect to data that you can fetch from those specific markets. Um, as I mentioned, we've been doing this for five years and we, are, we, we grow with the criminals, so to speak, and so three years ago or so, we realized uh, that folks are leaving the darknet. Um, still have operation there, but uh, they are more heavily focused nowadays in uh, text message applications. Uh, they like to use those text message applications to sort of open shops and sell their commodities there. When we talk about text message applications, we talk about applications such as WhatsApp, Signal, uh, JavaR, ICQ. I you know, ICQ is uh, you know fairly old, and uh, uh, but but you know it's still very popular. Uh, among criminals. And so when you think about those text message apps, they look like this. This is the the layout of of, uh, Telegram with the interface where you can interact with clients, you can interact with um, anyone you would like to interact with and a list of groups uh, uh, on your left. Um, This is the screenshot of a legitimate conversation, Uh, uh, folks who are legitimate, not not, not criminals, uh, but when you, th- when you think about the criminal markets, you can think about uh, a slew of criminal groups on the left with a lot of really cool information that I will talk a little bit about uh, in just a second that we're seeing on a daily basis. So uh, what I do with my groups is essentially spend a lot of time on thousands of those um, uh, shops as, as, uh, as I just showed you. Uh, those shops include counterfeit products if someone in, uh, if someone is, uh, uh, is on the market for a Fendi bag, I mean, I'm, I'm more than happy to sort of facilitate an introduction there. Uh, several really cool vendors out there. Guns, a lot of guns, all sizes, you know, from all over the place, uh, different prices. Many, many guns that we see out there being shipped, being sold, being uh, purchased. Uh, a lot of drugs. Sky's the limit with respect to the type of drugs you can uh, Uh, get nowadays illegally. I'm not even talking right about uh, the traditional marijuana and 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 crack and cocaine, you know, we're talking about hardcore medication like uh, testosterone and uh, abortion pills and so on that you can, you know, simply purchase uh, on those markets uh, with no issue at all. Uh, And of course uh, markets which support the uh, sales of uh, fraudulent, uh, uh, of fraudulated data. Um, in that sense, um, you know the different types of information that we find on those markets: um, compromised bank accounts, uh, stolen checks, fake driver licenses, stolen driver licenses, uh, identities, information from scheming devices. You know all is available out for sale over there, and um, uh, you know what what we do in a systematic Yo, manner FIDs, man. uh, sure
1: is,
0: is download the information from this, these channels, from those thousands know. of channels uh, to our servers in order to really try and make sense out of this. So this is you know, my, th- th- the end of me setting the ground with respect to how I know what I know. Okay, so now you know, hopefully you believe that I'm legit in this business, right? And I'm not just you know, um, uh, talking out of books. Now, based on everything that I just showed you, uh, and the three years of research that we've been conducting during, uh, uh, um, you know, on, on, the, on the platforms, both the darknet as well as uh, on encrypted communication, um, there's one important conclusion that, that uh, uh, we can uh, come up with, and that is that uh, at the moment, uh, and during the last five years or so, a very sophisticated and elaborated supply chain of stolen identities have been developed. Um, This is something that uh, we are able to um, uh, surmise from the list of data and the list of channels that uh, we collect. Uh, And what I would like to do today is essentially walk you through the evidence we have which pinpoint to the evidence of the supply chain. Right, so the supply chain, I assume that everybody sitting in this room know what what it is. Um, You know, you can think about it in the context of uh, the the car industry, right? I mean, uh, where's a car start and, uh, you know, the process it needs to go through till it uh, gets to the uh, customer. In a very similar manner, uh, criminal operations, criminal organizations have supply chain which allows them to uh, sell all kinds of, illegal commodities. There are different types of uh, uh, illicit supply chain. I'm not gonna get into the uh, the interesting differences uh, between illicit and legal supply chain. But one important thing to understand is that uh, the major difference is that illegal supply chain are are way more resilient to changes uh, and adopt quickly to changes than legal supply chains. Um, So in the context of uh, our discussion today. Uh, let me walk you through the evidence we have, which pinpoints to the evidence, uh, which pin- pinpoint to the existence of a very uh, sophisticated supply chain of stolen identity um, on those markets I just told you about. So let's start with suppliers. Uh, so suppliers for those identities come uh, from different sources, different places. Uh, the first is theft and burglaries. I don't know how many of you uh, watch *You Better Call Saul*, but you know the last episode, the, the last season. Uh, yeah, and I'm not gonna, you know, uh, ruin it to everyone, but uh, uh, you know, there's there, there's a scene where folks are actually uh, infiltrating to someone's uh, house uh, in order to steal their identities, and they simply take pictures once they uh, find the driver licenses and other important information. They take images of the identities in order to start using the identities to open credit lines and open bank accounts and so on and so forth. So so in a similar manner, we see many criminals um, engaged in theft, pickpocketing and and, and burglaries, uh, getting this information and simply uploading the information as you guys can see on the screen, uh, up for sale on the platforms we oversee. Uh, the information includes social security cards, driver licenses, health insurances, everything you need in order to start using the identity and, and, and apply uh, for a new credit line. Uh, so that's one source. Another source uh, where the identities are coming from are data leaks. You know, we all are familiar with target breaches and other breaches. Um, you know, the breaches, unfortunately, data breaches in our society uh, still takes place. Uh, The example you're seeing here on the screen is from a data breach which occurred in uh, Florida a couple of months ago. Um, This is part of a ransomware attack that the medical center in Florida experienced. What the criminal did was uh, they um, uh, encrypted all the information from the hospital, um, and then once the ransom was not paid, they simply leaked all the information on the platforms we oversee. Okay, so this is just an example. for, for the data we get there, you see the image of the individual, you see the date of birth, the name, social security number, everything you need in order to start working with uh, the identity. Checks, uh, stolen checks are another very important source for identities. We're experiencing a pandemic right now in our society where USPS simply cannot protect our mail. So uh, we see a lot of... Uh, individual checks, business checks, uh, being uploaded for sale on those platforms. The identities from, check, from those checks uh, are being used to um, you know, engage in all kinds of frauds, right? We're seeing that and we'll talk about that in just a second. And the last source uh, are skimmers. ATM skimmers, folks uh, simply use them in order to fetch information about the credit cards Um, stolen credit cards, but also about individuals. Uh, As you guys can see in the screen here, taken directly from a skimmer software, um, the identities are there, so uh, uh, the criminals can start using them um, to engage in all kinds of fraud. Now, one important thing to understand is that in some cases, like in the cases of checks, like in the the cases of skimmers, you don't have the complete uh, image of the identity you're trying to work with. Fear not, because these guys offer for sale services that will allow you to complete the picture. Right? This uh, information usually comes from insiders. Um, what you're seeing on the screen right now is, is a screenshot taken by an insider in, in one of the financial institutions we work with. Um, you know, The insider fetch the information and the insider also uh, offer a lookup service uh, for anyone interested on the, on, the, on the platform, right? So $100, you can get all the information you need on, on, a, on a potential victim, right? Um, what's interesting is, is that on, on the platforms, there, there's actually a menu with respect to what you're gonna get for different types of searches, right? I mean, so you can get um, uh, someone uh, driver license information for $30. You can get someone a full credit report, um, I don't know if I have it here, for $80. You get uh, background checks, source security number, and date of birth for $35, you know. And these guys deliver, unfortunately. Uh, you know, all this information is available. Folks will, allow to f- will will be able to fetch the information for you and send it to you, uh, simply because they have access to all the tools you guys are using when you're trying to validate someone's information. Um, and they brag about this, right? So what you guys are seeing on the video right now is a criminal bragging about their access to uh, the TLO tool. Um, you will see that after the guy typed in the password and, and username, he's in and he can fetch all the information uh, you need uh, on a specific identity you would like to work with. One important thing that is very relevant to your operation, we found a lot of insiders working in dealership and, 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 and um, you know, uh, car shops, and you know, Unfortunately, I can't show that evidence, but we are seeing a lot of checks, um, you know, being sent to specific agencies and insiders on those agencies, taking images and uploading those on the markets as well. Uh, so imagine, you know, how much information they can uh, uh, share in addition to the check uh, with respect to identities if they have access to this tool. Um, so we talked about supplier, that is the first important actor in the, in, in the supply chain. Let's move on to talk about producers. Uh, in terms of production, uh, the criminals are very sophisticated nowadays, uh, so they have access to software and hardware that allows them to work with the identities they have. First of all, databases. They need to be able to maintain databases because they have access to a large number of identities. Um, So, of course, they have the uh, relevant software. They actually brag about those uh, software and their their access to the software uh, in the markets we oversee uh, as well. Um, Of course, to manufacture some of uh, uh, the fake driver licenses, uh, they also work with uh, uh, different types of software like Photoshop that allows them to um, the, the the documents, so as you guys can see an example here for a, a criminal using Photoshop to uh, manufacture a Georgia driver license and social security card. Uh, and of course those software allows them to manufacture all those documents that we need in order to establish identities, like utility bills and bank account statements and you know all those uh, important uh, documents that um, uh, allows you to then go to uh, uh, the DMV office and uh, establish a new driver license uh, using fictitious uh, and fraudulent document. Hardware is also very important in this sense. We showed you the software. There's a lot of really cool technology folks are using nowadays. This is just uh, three examples of three types of printers they're using in order to manufacture the fake driver licenses. Those printers could be purchased uh, in uh, AliExpress, Amazon, all over the place, okay? So the printers are available, Um, also, um, uh, you know, the papers, right? Uh, The the cards on which uh, the criminals are printing the the, the important information. We see birth certificates, utility bills, social security cards, Uh, and of course, um, a lot of vehicle titles as well. Uh, we have folks manufacturing vehicle titles, the examples you see here are from New York, Alabama, and uh, Louisiana. But we see the, the, the titles being manufactured uh, for all states in very, very high quality, in, uh, as, a, as I'll uh, show in just a second. So, uh, I assume we all remember those times where we needed a fake driver license to get into a bar, right? and, uh, and uh, get some drinks with our friends. Uh, and we remember the quality of those driver licenses. I wanted to forget about uh, those driver licenses because the driver licenses folks are manufacturing now are very, 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 very high. Um, as you guys can see, UV, uh, the, the, the driver licenses could pass UV rays. Check out the stack of driver licenses the guy uh, is able to manufacture. Um, Those driver licenses could be scanned and fetch all the information they need to present to a police officer or whoever is uh, taking uh, your driver license. So very high quality uh, documents which could definitely bypass a lot of the security controls that we have, uh, which at the end of the day, uh, we we, want to think uh, will allow us to detect fraud. So we talked about suppliers, producers, Let's move on to talk about distributors. This is how things look like on the markets we oversee. So you see information is being offered for sale uh, on individual along with their uh, images, with their driver licenses, social security numbers, everything you need. I had to reduct some of the information. Um, in some cases, uh, we can also see uh, routing and bank account number. This information comes from checks. Uh, we got lucky, and this uh, uh, person lives in Texas, so you see that it's relevant to where we're at right now as well. Uh, the distributors are there; they uh, they, they uh, post the ads, and uh, we see many customers reaching out to them in order to um, you know purchase this information. One important aspect that I would like to sort of emphasize: we're not going to sort of talk a whole lot about are the credit privacy numbers. Folks are using you know to uh, fix their bad credit scores. Those are essentially uh, stolen social security numbers that you have the distributors selling out there uh, to potential customers. We see a lot of those uh, being offered by the distributors as well uh, with very good credit scores. Some of the uh, scores, some of the um, scores are, are uh, uh, aged, meaning the criminals opened the uh, C.P.N. Uh, five years ago. So you know, very very complicated and difficult to um, detect this kind of fraud. In terms of customers, the, la- the last actor in this long supply ch- chain, we see people coming from all aspects of life. Uh, we see male, we see female. So you know, people are actually sending their images on the platforms we oversee in order to ask the vendors to print the uh, fake driver licenses for them. We see. Uh, young folks, and I'm not gonna play this video, maybe, maybe I should, so the guy, the, 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 the young boy here is essentially looking for someone to loop him in the fraud world. He, he wants to do fraud, right? We see a lot of people like that, right? I mean, a lot of young kids, 13 to 18 years old, simply want in, it's easy money, and you know, it's very difficult to prevent this, right? Uh, and, and folks are essentially very proud uh, of what they do. Uh, I, I don't have uh, too much time, so I'm not going to play the uh, uh, video on the top, but the guy is essentially rapping about you know, how good it is to be a scammer and how proud it is about being a scammer. So folks come from all aspects of life. So uh, the one important point uh, I would like for you guys to take from this, from this talk is that we are Definitely talking about a very sophisticated supply chain with different actors across different ju- junctions helping facilitate uh, identity theft uh, in our society at this point. You know, we have the suppliers, we have the producers, we have the distributors, we have the customers, all you know, working together in order to push fraud. Uh, in our society, and and we know that that they're very successful. We see them brag, we see them being very successful, accomplishing all kind of fraud. Let me just mention few that we see. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, check theft is huge in our society right now, so we see many of those criminals manufacturing the fake driver licenses with the identities to simply cash the checks. Uh, As you guys can see in the picture, the name on the driver license matches uh, the name on on the check, this is a criminal, right? Um, uh, Trying to cash the check. Uh, We see them use the identity to connect phone line. Um, So this is a video of a criminal getting into TNT, uh, T-Mobile, I'm sorry, and purchasing uh, three SIM cards under his identity. Um, We see them take the information I just showed you, uh, go to the local DMV office and simply you know, create a real driver license, which will definitely bypass any type of security control that, that you can imagine, right? Uh, this guy's bragging about this uh, in, in, in Chicago, uh, Illinois. Uh, we see them, of course, opening credit lines. Um, and as you guys can see here, uh, you see the, a good credit score. You see how old the credit score is, and you see uh, the criminal providing... Um, you know, the actual screenshot from the credit card statement uh, on your left. Um, we see them using those identities to lease apartments. Uh, this is an apartment uh, which was leased here in Dallas, Texas, a couple of months ago, um, using fictitious identity, using those CPN, those uh, uh, CPN numbers that I, I talked about. Uh, we see them, of course, using those... Identities to finance um, uh, new cars. This is again, uh, legit information, right, of a real person uh, financing uh, or, or submitting an application to finance a car with Chevrolet. Uh, I think it was Chevrolet. Um, it's up there for us to grab and sort of work with, right? I mean, the identity is there, you know, uh, the application number is there. So uh, uh, you know, that's part of the things they're doing. Of course, targeting the government, they submit unemployment benefits uh, requests. This was an unemployment benefit request which was uh, uh, submitted in Utah. Um, you know, starting 2020, we see a, a huge increase in the volume of uh, fraudulent unemployment benefits requests. There's a you know, drop in those, but um, uh, we, we are seeing still folks using those identities to submit those requests. Folks are using those identities to submit uh, SBA loans requests. So we see those as well. Um, and open drop bank accounts, mule accounts. So we see a lot of those accounts uh, being open on a daily basis. In fact, we track uh, several vendors and you know the, the volume of uh, accounts they're able to uh, open on a monthly basis. And we're talking about hundreds of accounts every month. Uh, they're showing here in this image uh, a screenshot of the account they were able to open with, with one of the brands, as well as the plastic card they were able to get uh, 11 days after they opened uh, the bank account. So a lot of that, um, this is again another example of a fraudster bragging about uh, the fact that uh, they were able to use uh, one image with two different identities to open several bank accounts with the same brand, which is you know, really interesting and really cool. Um, They create businesses, and that is to me one of the most important uh, things that we need to understand. They create fictitious businesses, they open bank accounts for those businesses, and um, once they open those bank accounts to those businesses, they start laundering money. Uh, This is a screenshot that one of the criminals we monitor uh, uploaded. You see Prospect Life Science Inc, it doesn't exist. You see the zero balance, that's an indication that uh, we're talking about a mule account. Um, think about how much money and what the criminal can do with this type of money, uh, with this type of account. Um, one of the things we're seeing them doing with these type of accounts is essentially registering them with uh, all kind of money transactions services, like uh, SquareUp. So what you're seeing on the screen right now are the names of fictitious companies which are signed up with uh, SquareUps. And what we're seeing the criminals do is essentially using the individual accounts, to transfer money to the business account in order to make sure that the banks did not does not flag those accounts and believe that those accounts are legit. Uh, as you guys can see, the receipts, uh, the payment receipts in this in this uh, image, uh, in these two images, uh, two fictitious um, identities send uh, money to this uh, uh, two entities which really do not exist. Um, the last point I want you guys to take from my talk is that those online fraud market I just discussed are way more active than the drug markets, the guns markets that I just showed you, right? As I mentioned earlier, we monitor those markets on a systematic manner. Uh, on, a, on a weekly basis, we download information. And uh, so what you're seeing here is essentially a diagram describing uh, the number of messages on 100 uh, fraud markets we monitored over a period of uh, six, six weeks. Okay, so we see some fluctuations but we see that uh, the number of messages could reach into you know, uh, way over 10,000 messages a month. Check out the comparison with respect to the level of activity, number of messages uh, we observe on drugs markets and weapons markets. It's it's just you know mind-boggling to me how active those markets are in comparison to other markets. Um, This uh, last slide talks about or shows the number of images that the criminals feel comfortable to disclose with identities and, and with other type of commodities they offer to sell on the financial markets, the fraud markets, in comparison to the drugs and the weapons markets. So. To conclude, uh, and hopefully I'm doing good on time, right? Uh, identity theft uh, has become another line of production from crime syndica- uh, syndicates in, in our society at this point. We're not talking about lone actors, we're talking about very sophisticated, very organized uh, crime groups. Um, they know exactly what they're doing, they are embedded heavily um, in the ecosystem. We're not talking about the Russian and the Chinese and North Korean, right? I mean, those are still active, but there's a very active local domestic uh, uh, groups uh, who are doing a lot of damage, able to uh, establish many identities, synthetic identities, stolen identities, and steal a lot of money. And so uh, I believe that in order to prevent and mitigate effectively solution any kind of solution, uh, should incorporate information that comes directly from the ecosystem. Because everything I showed you come from the ecosystem. It's all legit, you know, uh, it's, it's all real. Uh, and so this information should be used for prevention purposes. And with that in mind, you know, hopefully uh, I'm doing well on time, right? So, yeah. Dr. Maimar, thank you. Dr. Myman, thank you.